Uh, so today I just want to dive into one scripture, and so for the story time first. Um, but uh, it's the story of Jesus walking on the water. Um, but just the backstory: he's just come from feeding the five thousand, and as that finished feeding the five thousand, and you'll see at the beginning of it, he speaks about this Christmas is a crisis. This is literally as that finished happening. For some backstory, um, there's a few verses, so um, Immediately, Jesus made these disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to their side. While, while he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land, and he was alone on the land. He said to the disciples, Sorry, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them. And the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret and anchored there. So I wanted to uh, just draw out a couple of points in the scripture um, that stood out to me as I was reading during the week. Um, the first point was they just obviously fed the 5,000 people. And immediately, as, as they do that, it says that literally, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. So there was a, a huge aspect of like humility. It's like this amazing, huge miracle that we've spoken about for the 2,000 plus, plus years since, and we're still amazed at how you feed 5,000 people with five and two fish. Um, you just come out of that, and Jesus sends the disciples straight away. Like, just straight up the side. Like, there's no glory to be had yet. There's no, like, hang around and, you know, the quick was amazing. And God's calling us to do stuff. He's calling us to do it with Him, to partner with Him, and for Him to get the glory. And so I think just as Warren was touching on that, it's like we have for God. We have to do this with God. So whatever God is calling us to do, let's do it humbly. And remember, who is the source of our faith? Who is the one that actually provided or, or did the miracle? Um, you know, I feel like you know, God is going to do things with us and through us. And it's that humble um, view that helps us to avoid pride and um, these things that put us up in our life with God. Anyway, um, but then moving on, Jesus immediately um, makes space to have time with his father. He says, um, after he sent them off and he dismissed the crowd, he says, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And I was just like, over and over and over again, Jesus goes and meets with his Father. Jesus, the Lord, our Lord and Savior, he was God, he is God, yet over and over again, he goes to meet with his Father. He spends, in essence, what we call quiet time. It's, I think it's more than, it's not just quiet time, it's just quiet space with where it's like the distractions of life um, aren't around us in our face, and I 
know it's like a lot of us like parents or you know you've been families or you've got a busy life or a busy career or whatever the case might be and it's like God is giving us God is calling us to take the opportunities that you have carve out that time make that time because if we don't if we're not intentional about it Jesus sent away 5,000 and his disciples which are going to be who are his like Basically, like his closest friends, the people that he's fellowshiping with constantly, all the time. It's like this is his family, if you want to call it that. And he sends it away and he says, I need to spend time with my father. Because he speaks um, in a different scripture about um, how he does it. everything that he does is from the instruction of his father. And it's like so profound, but it's like anything he does is from the father. So it's like, how intentional are we with our lives if Jesus? to go and I have to spend time with my father and I, I don't want it to be a, a criticism to you I want it to be an encouragement to you and say there is this relationship available to you where God's just saying just find me however you find me whether it's washing dishes or whether it's you know literally saying okay kids I need 10 minutes 10 minutes or you know you've got a baby a baby to be it's like while they're sleeping while they're feeling just take those moments to spend time with God and I think the fruit will be only in after that. Like you will see the fruit in your own life. I know for me, it's like when I um, neglect time with God, I feel it straight away. And it's like all of a sudden, it's just this. Mm, I'm not feeling tight with God anymore. I'm not hearing him like I, I hear, like I know I can hear him. I'm not being as sensitive to God. I'm not saying that He's not with me. It's just like I think sometimes God takes a little step back, and He's just like. Just change the focus. You're getting a bit distracted by life and the things that aren't important. Um, because God knows what we need before we need it. He knows what we're gonna, what we're thinking, what we're gonna say before we say it. So it's like He knows what we need. Trust Him in your day to day, in leading you as you need. Like you know, with any relationship in your life with other people, it's like if you don't spend time with them, you're gonna feel that distance. You're gonna feel like disconnected. And it's not saying that they're not friends with you anymore. It's just there's a great, like a, a loss of relationship. So, yes, I don't want to language with you each other. Um, but even in that, I was um, just, I watched this clip about the, the stars and the, the planets and stuff. And it was just a clip of, I'm sure you might have seen something like this, just the scale of the stars. And I, I want to put it up there, I didn't get to it, so sorry. But it's basically, it just shows Earth. And then, like Jupiter, it's like you know, 50 times the size of Earth or more. It's like if you had to imagine, it's like one millimeter to like 50 millimeters. So Jupiter is huge, and then the sun comes, and the sun is like you know, 10 times the size of Jupiter. And then it goes through a bunch of these different stars to the point that we're like our star. Earth looks like a like a speck of dust on our star, but then it goes through a whole bunch of other stars. And when it gets to like one of the, the biggest stars, it's like our sun, which we would be a speck of dust on. It's like our sun is like less than a speck of dust on these bigger stars. And um, it's actually, it's mind-blowing. You can't actually even grasp it, I don't believe. Like that kind of space, that kind of size. And in Genesis, it's like God just speaks it into being. And then there were the planets. And then there was the planets and the heavens. And it's like... All at once, this God is like so.
so massive, we can't even like, grasp that kind of vast like, magnitude. And then when we look at God in our quiet time, it's like, are we, are we understanding this is the God of the universe? Like, if you have somebody like that, are you asking them for advice or are you asking them for their will? Like, if they know how to build the universe like that, it's like, is this somebody we just, you know? Take their advice at a win, or is it somebody who's like, what knows what he's talking about? Trust him, even when it's not something you want to do. But then, as Jesus, uh, moving on in the story, Jesus then obviously sends the disciples across the lake um, to go to the other side. Jesus sends them. And for me, it was like amazing to see he sends his disciples into the south situation. He's God. He knew that there would be this wind against him and that they would labor against us. And we see that in the evening, um, after he's already spent time with God on the mountain, he comes down and he sees the disciples in the lake. They're halfway across the lake. They're struggling against the wind. He sees this. And then it says, when, when only in the morning did he actually go to them. So it's like God, Jesus has left them to struggle against the wind through the whole night. And it's almost like a destination. Do we get like, I think sometimes for us in our Christian walk, we think life is going to be easy. But God on my side is going to be smooth sailing from here and it's not. And all that does is it sets us up. It's almost like these lies of Satan that's going to be like, no, life will be good. And it just sets us up for this disappointment in God. And how many of us carry this disappointment of you didn't come through for, for me, you let this happen to me, etc., etc., etc. And it's like sometimes it's just Satan messing with us, and sometimes it's Jesus putting us through tough situations. And um, the Bible never says that it will be easy. Life will be easy if you become a Christian. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. In um, John 16. Verse 33, Jesus is saying, I've told you these things so that in in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So it's like, whatever struggles you're going through, you're going to go through struggles in this world. No matter what, he's speaking to Christians and he's saying, you're going to go through struggles in this world, but take heart, I'm with you, and I have overcome the world. So it's like the key to overcoming them is. The key to getting through the tough situations is, is knowing that God is with you and relying on that. So, as Jesus sends the disciples into the middle of the situation and then comes out to them, um, only much, much later in the evening, um, we see. He just basically calls us to trust in him always. Um, and the thing is, it's like you see the you see them rowing and rowing and rowing against this, but it's like they know they are in God's will. They know that the disciples know that God has called us, he's instructed them, he's told them to go across the lake. But they just stick at it. There's no giving up. They just like it's tough life and tough things get thrown at you. Sometimes it's our um, situation that we put ourselves in when we like, stay off of God for our lives. 
Um, and then sometimes it's just tough situations that Jesus just encourages us to go through. And then sometimes you go like in those situations, why is it so tough? What am I going through? And in Romans 5 verse 34, we see it says, But we also glorify in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, and hope does not put us to shame. And it's like sometimes God is just working on our character more than our situation and our circumstances. And so, through whatever we're going through, we have to be relying on God, trusting in God, and also abiding, trusting that He is putting us on the spot. And if He tells us, look, that's not where I want you to go, go there, we must trust to that. But through the whole thing, it's about living in a life of peace with God. And we can have that. We can have a life of peace. And this and age, there's so many things coming at us, so many options, so many um, people giving their expert opinion that conflicts the next guy's expert opinion, and you're just like us. Um, the, the foundation is Jesus and his truth and his word. And yes, there's going to be times when we don't have a specific answer. You know, it doesn't say in the scriptures, this person, but if you allow God to guide us and give us the peace to know this is the right person to know, um, or whatever the situation is, um, we, we've got to look to God. Other, if we don't look to God, we're going to be like that scripture speaking about us, tossed back and forth with all the ways of the world, all the, the um, things that we could possibly do. We question them, but when we just go to God, we get the answer and we get peace with it. Then Jesus walks to them on water. A miracle in itself. How ridiculous. Like, you would, like, I don't know about you, but I haven't heard about anybody before or since that's walked on water as many times as everybody has tried running on the pool. It never seems to come right. Um, so, apart from this huge miracle, it's like, I go, okay, why well, was Jesus walking on the water? Was it just to get to his disciples, just to actually reach them? And I don't, I don't think it was just that. And um, if I see the disciples' reaction and knowing that Jesus is Jesus, knowing, knowing all things, it's like I think he knew that his disciples would be terrified when they saw him walking on the water. And so for me, it's like the miracle of walking on the water just tells me how God commands, God is um, sovereign over even our environment, even even over the natural world, the sovereign over that. But um, I don't think that that was necessarily the main point of the story. Because as he goes and he encounters the disciples, um, I think the main, the main focus of the story was actually his encounter with the disciples. And the fact that they were like terrified as soon as he saw them. So I think it's more actually a lesson in fear. Um, and I'll unpack that now. Um, but you see, even when what, even for the disciples, even when we are in the exact um, plan of God and we on the spot with God and doing the right thing, doing what He's asked us, we can still like have moments of fear and anxiety and um, mistrust and doubt and stress. And I think a lot of times in our life we go like, I'm on the spot with God. I know I'm right, and we encounter like these things and such. We can still encounter these things with God. And that's when we have to turn to God and listen to God. Because Jesus immediately, it says he immediately reassures 
reassures them. He says to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So they see, they're terrified. So in our lives, it's like we carry on, and all of a sudden, we hit the situation, we make it distressed or anxious or fear or whatever. First thing we need to do is listen to Jesus. What is he saying to us? Jesus is going to be the one that's going to put courage in our hearts. Tell us, don't be afraid. I'm here. And then, straight away, he comes into the boat with them. So we can know when we are like encountering these fears, um, we know that Jesus' first thing is to reassure us, and then he's going to come, and he's going to be with you in that fear. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to take it away, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, if it's a fear that's, that, that can be overcome, I believe that it will in those moments. But the main thing is, it's like Jesus reassures them, calms them, then, and then he gets into the boat with them. And then the wind dies down. And for, for the disciples in this moment, it's like sometimes God overcomes our tough situations that we are in. And it's like all of a sudden the main opposition in our lives, Jesus calls first uh, us and they sorted. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like Jesus calls first first us and he puts courage in our hearts. We see that all throughout the scriptures, it's like, go through this tough situation, I'm with you. Go through this world, you're going to encounter tough stuff, I'm with you. Over and over and over again. It's like, sometimes God sorts out our struggles, and sometimes he just wants us to, wants us to know that he's with us through this, the struggles. There's this one little part in the, in the scripture that I read, where it says, Jesus was going to be walking past them. It's like as he was about to pass the boat, um, the disciples saw him and then cried out because um, they were terrified. And it always puzzled me, like, why was Jesus walking past? Why was he going to join them there? And to be honest, I think it was just a thing of making a point for us to know that Jesus was passing them. And as soon as they encountered fear and trouble, like they didn't have to fear, they recognized that it was Jesus, they probably would have been like, oh, okay, it's Jesus. Like, there's no fear involved. It's like, it's crazy that you're walking on water, but there wouldn't be a fear factor. Um, but now, as soon as they encounter that fear, it's like, I feel that Jesus then is intentional by showing us, then he gets into the boat with them. So when we encounter fear, even if it's just like a right fear, because there are right fears, like if you encounter a snake or whatever, there are, like, God has put fear in us as part of our character for a reason. But sometimes it's unjustified here. And in those moments, Jesus still stirs us, he gets in the boat with us. He's going to come into your troubles, into your situation, and he's going to like, be with you in it. And in those fears. So I think it was just a, a making a point of he was going past. They had fear, he got into the boat. And you can be reassured in our hearts, whatever we're going through, and whatever the struggle that we're going through, Jesus is going to get in the boat with us. It's out of his will. It's not us. Pursuing him, Jesus likes us in training. With him, I got you. Um, and then the crazy thing for me was that even after Jesus got in the boat, it doesn't say Jesus rode them to the shore or all of a sudden they were on the shore. It's like it says, then they continued their journey to their side. It's like Jesus gave them a task, go across the lake. And they still had to, even after the encounter with Jesus, they still had to complete their task. 
And so for us, God calls us to things, and there's stuff that happens on the road, and there's fears and whatever stuff that's coming to like derail us, maybe. And I want to say, just remember, Jesus will still be with you, but you still got to complete that task. No matter what it is, God's calling you to run this race well. Don't allow these things that are going to impact you in life to derail you from the main goal that God is putting on you. Whether that's chasing him in, in that season, or whether it's a ministry in that season, or whether it's just your job and being faithful in your job. And there's enough scriptures to in the Bible to let us know that your relationship with your boss and your colleagues is important. The way that you encounter them, the way that you interact with them, the honor that you show your boss, the honor that you show your colleagues is important. So it's like sometimes it's just to, to be that person in your company where there's dissension and rapaces and, and like a lot of fighting, whatever, just to show that stable character of God, show that honor and change the culture um, in a business that turns it for you because it's obviously our, our, our enemy is not you know, the person next to us. It's Satan and his ways and how he leads us and others into temptation, but we can live in that So, Jesus is the one who calms you in your fears. He's the one that's going to take you through the situation, no matter what. Even the ones that God puts you through, if it's tough, if there's fear, God is going to be the one who's going to be with you and carry you through that. So, I feel like so often, it's like we get into tough situations and we like grit our teeth and I'm going to get through this, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to, you know, fight my way through and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a case of, okay, what's reasonable? What is he saying? What should I do? Let me reorientate my compass and just keep going um, on this path that Jesus called us to do. Jesus calls them to take courage. And that to me is like, in our day and age, there's so many things that are condemning us, whether it's public opinion or um, sometimes a loose word from a friend or a trusted person that breaks you down. And it's like, so we have to make God our plan one. We have to give God that place in our hearts that he has the biggest, strongest voice over our lives. So if he's calling us to do something, or if he's telling us, you are good enough, take courage, keep going, then it's him we have to trust, even when the people around us are telling us, no, you can't do that, or I don't think that's for you, if, if you know that it's God. Like, we love the support and engagement from those around us. Even when we don't have it, let's keep having the choice for Let's keep following after Jesus. Um, you know, Lord God Almighty, we thank you, Lord, that no matter what we're going through, no matter what our situation that we're in, Lord, that you are with us that you draw close to us in the tough situations, that you put us on journeys that grow our character, that you put us on journeys that will um, just lead us to a fuller, greater understanding of you, and that you lead us in a path that will draw us and closer to what you have for us. So we thank you that you have plans for each one of our lives, that you have a way for us, that you have tasks for us to do, joy for us to um, encounter with you and in the successes of our um, of our life, in the successes of 
our ministries, our, our friendships, our workplace. Lord, just help us to stay humble and keep you at keep you our focus. Lord. To remember that you are the one that gives us strength and guidance, and that you carry us, that you are walking with us, and that you are in the work with us. Lord, we thank you that no matter what, you never leave us, you never forsake us. You are even, um, even though you are on the mountainside, you are checking in on the disciples going on their journey, Lord. We thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Because on the cross, you were forsaken by your Father, so that we don't have to be forsaken by that same Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that we live under your grace and your mercy, that we live under that open space that you give us um, with us and, and our Father. Thank you that we, that door is always open. Thank you that the arms are always open wide for us no matter what we do. We are going to take that from you now. I feel like in this day and age, so much of our decision making and our um, choices in life are like influenced by fear. And influenced by like worries and anxieties, and even when it comes to like our job security or our finances, it's like yeah, we are fortunate to steward our finances as well. But there's a difference between steward your finances as well and living out of a place of fear and like I'm never gonna have enough, I don't have enough, and it's like grab, grab, grab your focus, it's like finances or something like that, you know. Um, so yeah, it's just so important for us to just realign our eyes with God and just remember that we don't have to go about this. God is with us. God is carrying us. He's guiding us. He's, he's sometimes building character with us and sometimes he's feeding the five thousand with us. Sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's tough but it's always God's journey. And so I think as we take that communion we just thank so thankful to God that you know, he's done all on the cross for us that we can Enjoy this fellowship with Jesus.